Hi, my name is Dr. Deanne Ross. I'm the love theorist. It's really good to have you joining me today. Thank you for your time and interest. Today is the 26th of January, 2023. Um, and in Australia, it's a very profoundly controversial day. It's called Australia Day, but for more and more people, it's called Invasion Day to denote the beginning of the colonial takeover of Indigenous lands of Australia. Um, and so I thought it was incredibly important, uh, first of all, to, um, as is proper, of course, to acknowledge the Gubbi Gubbi people who are the traditional and current custodians of the beautiful Sunshine Coast area where I live and work just every day. I'm grateful for the tens of thousands of years of care and love of this place so that at this time I can enjoy it and many, many other people can enjoy its beauty. Today I'm wanting to though, not share something from the Gubby Gubby people, although I'm really hoping to going forward to have some conversations with some local elders um, as a priority. But today what I wanted to do is share some of the writing and ideas of Professor Anne Polina, and she's from the northwest area of Australia, so a long way from here. I haven't personally met her. I've done a precious little piece of work with her, writing work with her, and of course that means that on my bookshelf I have some of her writing, and this this session today is about books and writings from my bookshelf. And so that gave me a segue in to being able to share with you some of her work. And really, I, I don't know how to begin to properly acknowledge uh, Anne Polina for her incredible leadership um, for us all, if only we would listen at this time of climate change and extreme pressure on Mother Earth and many minority groups' ability to survive and prosper. Let me let me read you just some of how she's uh, described in in the official websites about her. Um, and then, when I've done that, what I'd like to do is actually read to you from the foreword of the, my book, Ecoactivism, which she contributed to. We we're very honoured to have Anne do the foreword for us. It's a really um, big nod to the work that we're doing uh, with the Ecoactivism book. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get there. And then I thought it would be really, really um, awesome to share a little bit of the co-writing Anne has done, which ends up in pub various publications uh, in journals, not so easily accessible for the general public. But I thought I would read some excerpts from two of the articles uh, that Anne's written in. And one of them is called River Relationships for the Love of Rivers incredibly beautiful piece of writing from 2021 with Sandra Woolthorton and Len Collard. And then uh, another beautiful piece of writing a year prior in 2020, Feeling and Hearing Country, with those two people I just mentioned and several other people as co-authors, including Sandra Horban, Pierre Horwitz and David Palmer. So I won't be able to do justice to those articles in full, but to give you a flavour and sense of uh, how Anne and her colleagues are 
uh, working incredibly hard in very creative, collegial, collaborative ways with all, all groups of people um, who have an interest in sustainable development uh, as part of honouring country and the life-giving forces of country, which we are all dependent on. Okay, so it's a big, it's a big session today, uh, but uh, it's also, and also to say it's my contribution um, to say that the 26th of January, we really need to bow down and honour all First Nation people and stand with them as allies going forward. So this is this is a person who I absolutely bow down to and have incredible respect for, Professor Anne Polina. So here's here's a little bit, just a little bit of the blurb um, about who Anne is. Professor Anne Polina is a Ninkina Wawa woman from the Kimberley region of Western Australia, an active community leader, human and earth rights advocate, filmmaker. Polina is a respected academic researcher with a second Doctor of Philosophy, and this is the most impressive title for a PhD. Let me read it to you. Um, Matawara, First Law, Multi-Species Justice Declaration of Interdependence, Wellbeing of Land, Living Waters and Indigenous Australian People. It's just such a beautiful title and it actually alludes, gives you a really good sense of what that second PhD is actually about. She also has a uh, Master of Public Health and Tropical Medicine, Master of Education, Master of Arts, um, and is Professor of Chair of Indigenous Studies, Senior Research Fellow with Notre Dame University in West Australia. And it goes on to say some of the key bodies she's currently involved in, when her, her current work explores first law and its pathway into legal pluralism and her global writings on voicing rivers with the Matawara Fitzroy River as author, champion ancestral personhood beyond nature-based earth rights. Um, and I'll read a couple of fragments that give you a sense of how she does this voicing of rivers in a short while. Okay, uh, just another final comment here which sets the scene a lot for how you the flavour of the kinds of things she says subsequently in this podcast. Polina is exploring, restoring, not extracting carbon as the next big story for the just energy transition required for planetary health and well-being. She believes everything is place-based and exists within a commonwealth and global framework of bioregions. This, according to Polina, is the law of the land, as the original Australians from the beginning of time have managed and nurtured the Australian nation. Okay, so that is Professor Anne Polina, who we're sharing some of her writing um, about today. And the, my incredible privilege of having and do the forward for ecoactivism and social work book uh, is is just what brings me to this focus and this ability to honour her today in this way. And what what ecoactivism is about is uh, a group of stories of West Australian activists who were in different ways in different parts of Western Australia standing up to be counted and providing leadership around a range of environmental issues. Um, and it goes on the second part of the book to articulate nonviolent, dialogical, love-oriented approaches to collaborating with stakeholders to attend to the justice and sustainability issues. So this is the book that Anne did the forward in, and I'd like to read you now um, what she said in the forward. 
The world in which we live and act is all about stories. The book of powerful stories shares the lived experience of development within the state of Western Australia. The forward provides an opportunity for me to share my lived experience, hopes, dreams and actions that are informed by the collective wisdom and actions of humans and non-human beings. I've referred to the first people of Australia as Aboriginal, traditional owner, Indigenous First Australian, First People and First Nations throughout this forward to encompass the many synonyms for Australia's original peoples. For First Australians, land, water, people and the environment are intrinsically entwined. West Australian governments have not sufficiently recognised Aboriginal rights or interests to create meaningful or sustainable First Law-centred development. As an Indigenous leader at the forefront of the critique of invasive and exploitative development, I've had to shift my focus beyond responding to the colonial paradigm towards creating freedom and justice by establishing local Aboriginal community-driven forever industries. Nekajanu Yimadarura Manu, in my language, means a woman who belongs to the Maduara, the Fitzroy River. The Maduara is globally unique. It is home to the oldest living culture in the world. Traditional owners continue to live on our country and guard fragile and rich biodiversity. My ideology, practice and fiduciary duty as a guardian and custodian of first law, Ninkina customary law, determines that in regard to my relationship to the river, the Maduara owns me. I'm duty-bound to protect the river's right to life because it is the river of life. Importantly, I cannot break Ninkina verse law. I must stand and be accountable for holding the law of the land. First law is ancient from the beginning of time. These natural laws continue to exist. First law teaches us that the law is in the land and not in the human. Indigenous people are generous in sharing our rich lived experiences, which come from our deep intergenerational relationship with nature. When we are born, we are given a jarini, a totem, to give us place in the universe where we learn and learn the ethics of care. We learn to have empathy for all of living things, people, animals, plants, river and landscape. Importantly, we learn to coexist with nature and not to own, dominate or exploit it. Notwithstanding traditional owners receiving recognition of the continuation of their governance of country from the High Court of Australia, the Native Title Act 1993 does not allow traditional owners the right to veto invasive destructive development on their ancestral lands. Ethical sustainable development can bridge the divide between the need to generate income and the need to maintain culture and nature. Through sharing our knowledge of country, Indigenous people explain how and why management and protection of landscapes and ecosystems are integral elements of human heritage and culture. It is vital to consider the cumulative impacts of development on sustainable life on country. 
traditional ecological knowledge is Indigenous science. The evidence suggests that culture, the beliefs, practices and ethics of law and custom is the mechanism that Indigenous people use to participate in the world around us as guardians. A more extensive understanding of environmental justice requires linking the rights of human beings with nature's natural rights. Indigenous communities, traditions and practices protect the essential relationship between Indigenous people's human rights and our ancestral lands and living waterways. Indigenous people are key to reimagining sustainable development and sustainable life on country around the globe. The Maduwara is one of the few remaining wilderness rivers in Australia, which is relatively unregulated and unmodified by human development. Most of the 7,000 people are Indigenous from one of the nine First Nations who live along and around the Madura catchment area. A general word for country throughout First Nations within the catchment is Buru. Buru includes the deep connection traditional owners feel from millennia of their family, engaging the unique spirit of each site. Buru is more than land. It is more than just a place to Aboriginal people. It is the spirit of family, culture and identity. Buru is made up of human and non-human beings formed by the same substance, by the same ancestors who continue to live in the land, water and sky. First law maintains the balance between human and non-human relations by respecting each other. First Nation peoples from within the Maduara catchment have collectively cared for the river since the beginning of time. As traditional owners, we view country as alive, vibrant and all-encompassing. Country and all it encompasses is thus an active participant in the world and fully connected in a vast web of dynamic interdependent relationships. These relationships are strong and resilient when they are maintained. Healthy relationships are maintained by a proactive philosophy of ethics, empathy, equity and love. Conversely, traditional owners know that these relationships can unravel if they are not respected and actively maintained. Indigenous communities in this area have maintained their significant cultural and traditional economy relationships to the natural resources of the river and the riparian and savannah ecosystems. Customary fishing, hunting and harvesting contribute substantially to local food security as well as medicinal remedies and cultural practices. This globally important social ecological system, like many others throughout the world, is facing growing threats from intensive irrigated agriculture, altered hydrology, inappropriate fire regimes, mining, fracking, unmanaged tourism, and invasive species. The state and federal governments are promoting the catchment as a focus for tropical northern Northern Australian development. The Maduwara is one of two rivers most likely to face increased water extraction from mining, fracking and agricultural development. 
Grazing is the most extensive land use in that catchment, while mining interest and activity continue to be promoted with investment and policy reforms that diminish environmental values. The conflict I have with these colonial approaches to policy is in the values that we Indigenous Australians have for our country, our relationship to family, culture and lifestyle. The contemporary invasive destruction of our lands, living water systems, diverse people and cultures is a direct result of continuing colonisation. The future survival of our human species is at risk, whether it be in my home state of Western Australia, throughout Australia or around the globe. Governments continue to promote destructive invasive development, despite it being in contrast to traditional owner values and interests. Business as usual is no longer acceptable. Enough is enough. Transformational change is needed to do with our extinction record. The remote northwestern Kimberley region where I live is at a crossroad. Despite platitudes of not repeating the development stakes of southern Australia, the Kimberley has become the new frontier where state and federal governments promote international business collaboration and new colonial expansion efforts that grievously exploit the natural resources of the catchment. The book records examples of the havoc wreaked in the name of the dominant ways of being and relating. For ecological justice to be experienced, powerful non-Indigenous peoples and entities need to take up the responsibility that comes with their privilege. It cannot be tolerated that a small number of people and multinational corporations control and exploit the world's natural resources for their own wealth and power. There are no signs in the eco-activist stories in this book of dominant groups readily giving up their privilege and power. There are few signs of loving regard for the places, people and animals adversely impacted by wealth-seeking and domination. Collective wisdom incorporating multiple disciplines inclusive of Indigenous knowledge and practices is required to prevent climate change spiralling into climate chaos. We need to reimagine ourselves if we are to give our planetary home a climate chance. The storytellers in this book point toward an eco-activist agenda which needs to include an ongoing commitment to decolonising ideas, practices and relationships. The book champions the need for collective efforts through collaboration as a means of transforming hope into action for ecosystem recovery. I wish to say at this moment before moving on to some other writing that Anne Polina's work and other First Nation people in Australia has and their ideas have been similarly important to me and my thinking um, and how I teach currently in, in all my courses. And I am deeply regretful that it's taken so long um, for me to recognise that actually everything that I value and the way I think has in the first instance come from First Nation people's ideas. Um, so I'm doing everything I can in my work to make sure I properly acknowledge and honour the source of ideas that for so long I've used that haven't always been attributed to the original 
holders of that knowledge. And that is why I'm incredibly grateful to people like Anne Polina for um, allowing me to um, include some of her ideas in my book. So these next couple of um, papers, um, Anne has written with other people, and if you Google her, you'll find uh, you'll find a whole list of her publications. Um, and this one I just wanted to share with you uh, that she's written with uh, Sandra Walthorton, who is a colleague of mine when I was working at Edith Cowan Uni um, in southwest Western Australia, and Len Collard, who is a Noongar man from that area. Um, so they've written this paper called River Relationships or the Love of Rivers, um, and it was written in 2021. So I'll just read how they speak about what their paper's about, even though we're only going to read segments of it. In our writing, we voice stories of two Australian rivers to convey Indigenous ways of knowing and being. And just to pause to say, we're not talking about the Collie River, which is Len Collard, on Len Collard's uh, country, Noongar country in southwest Western Australia. But um, that is talked about in this article. We'd really just stay with um, Anne Polina's uh, Mudawara River, the Fitzroy River. Interweaving academic literature, nature writing and creativity, we craft a story of reconnection that is transformative, action-oriented and potentially political. An open mind placed into intuition and the process of attending can deepen our river relationships, creating a sense of love and communicative connectedness. Paying deep attention, we notice meanings embedded in plain sight, within hearing range of rivers and watery places. Our relationships may be in our faces, such as the wind or the air, water or bushes nearby. We communicate across binaries to experience the dissolution of imagined barriers. Feeling, hearing, writing and storytelling can support verbalising of experience, helping to bring to mind place wisdom. It offers, the article offers, an everyday possibility for people now estranged from their riverine kin. The process uses a post-human-centred common worlds frame to consider the Anthropocene in regenerative ways. It is creative and liberating, and rivers are dying for people to take action by speaking out for and with our greater selves. In this learning journey, we synthesise learnings, hoping to inspire people everywhere to hear the call of rivers, to respond, to take action, and learn to love their rivers again. This this next piece is really beautiful. It's got the heading of river biographies and the subheading because we're just staying with uh, the Matawara Fitzroy River. So that's the river story now and it is being voiced by Anne Polina. My ancient name, Matawara or Maduwara, was given to me in Bukharakara, the dawn of time. I am a free and healthy river flowing across the ancient landscapes with the indigenous nations of the Kimberley region in northwest Western Australia, 2,000 kilometres north of the capital city, Perth. One of my nations is Ninkina speakers, whose knowledge informs this paper. And another little fragment. This one is called Introduction, We Are the River People. 
Like our ancient ancestors, we can all fill with, see and hear the wisdom of our rivers, but some of us have forgotten this. Without rivers, streams and aquifers flowing across our landscapes or below our feet, breathing life and spirit into our ecologies, bodies and souls, people would not exist. Coming off that direct voicing and a little bit more about the people who are writing this paper. In this paper, we three West Australian writers set out to answer the question, how can people learn to deepen their relationships with rivers to feel a compelling sense of enmeshment with their, within their places? So this, they say, this is a kin-centric ecology, meaning that ecological relationships are also social and family relationships. Uh, they introduce themselves. And what's really beautiful about this writing and the other piece that I'll mention in a moment is that we have Indigenous and non-Indigenous people speaking across their differences to find a common language. Each of these two, and so this Indigenous way and the non-Indigenous way, each of these two ways of understanding ourselves as human beings in our world or worldviews have different implications for engagement with and care of our landscapes, rivers and water places. Both are necessary for preventing and reversing ecological degradation and to help end poverty, combat climate change and prevent a mass extinction. However, many individuals and societies in the global north may only value the modernist, economically determinist worldview in which they grew up, the one with colonial roots and logics, which understands humans as separate from our places and which holds responsibility for significant ecosystem destruction. This paper illustrates an Indigenous perspective where authors stand together to illustrate the collateral implications of each worldview. And they wish to acknowledge uh, and recognise custodial, custod Indigenous custodians, knowledge holders and caretakers of the lands on which they live and work and acknowledge these lands as never ceded. They say we value Indigenous peoples and knowledge from all nations. In doing so, we affirm difference, strongly condemn all forms of racism and avoid universalising. So coming again to the voicing of the river, um, and this subheading in the article is called Matawara Fitzroy River, calling in people of the world. I am Matawara, Madura, river of life in Australian northwest. My waters have flowed, streamed and stormed since the Bakawurakara creation times. I bring seasonality, culture, socio-ecosystem and food to my nations, Indigenous and all. I am Anne Imadarura Maranen, Ma Matuwara guardian, like my ancestors before me. I belong to river being duty-bound to protect, defend and care for kin relation for eternity. I bring knowledge and advocacy, welcoming all from many lands to learn and protect river. And I am Sandra 
friend of the river, settler like my ancestors before me. So here we are, people introduce the authors introducing each other, speaking to the uh, through trying to voice with the river. I relate to river and colonial history makes me duty bound to learn with and care for kin. Today, Australian Invasion Day, January 26, 2021, colonisation and invasion continue. And in 2022, on this exact same day, it continues. One in law is the law of the land and not of man. Of the Bukharakara, it means peace. Used for governance by Matawara nations, all descendant from artists, not from warriors. In goodwill, the Matawara Fitzroy River Council formed to care for and protect the river. Even in these native title times, recognising all rivers, peoples, places and heritage, fracking, 20 wells or more, water extraction, land clearing, abuse, a plenty planned. How about our song lines, bloodlines, obligations, cultural strength and forever knowledge? Sacred river, love of river, care of river, protection of river, shared obligations now. It is reciprocal, our concentric riverine life way. River of life, care of all, over time. Must we go to war as our only chance of continuing peace? What is the value of our river world, our people's cultures, knowledge? economies beloved river country let them not destroy our souls like Jukin gorge disaster people of the world we call you like our ancestors before us help us protect river of life from an indigenous perspective places and rivers are actively engaged in intuitive communication and messaging understood through more than human behaviours, such as bird visitations, wind variations, weather inclemency. And this is common knowledge in Australia's north and well known in the southwest. These stories demand careful attention, perhaps whistled by a mudlark, sung by a magpie, danced by an elder, told by a storyteller, carried by a flock of birds, conveyed on the wind or brought in the storm. There's also a place intuition felt by perceptive people, rivers and country, the ground we stand on. We commented at the start that these two ways of understanding ourselves as human beings in our world, our worldviews, have different implications for engagement with and care of our landscapes, rivers and water places. Briefly, the colonialist modernist view separates people from place, mind from heart, and place from culture, and as such cannot hear or feel the multi-species, living nature, or the vitality of our places. This is responsible for the human domination of the Anthropocene. An outside observer could easily understand this to be madness, a deliberate place deafness and emotional silencing. Place deafness and emotional silencing are essential qualities for detonating 46,000 years of human history, draining or fracking a cultural river of life, or intentionally causing further climate change through new gas mines for economic development. 
The Indigenous standpoint taken in this paper is place-relational, exemplified by love with and reciprocal care of Matuara and Bilya for millennia by traditional owners, and now those who stand with kin. Collaboratively writing a story into one voice has offered Sandra the privilege of experiencing the writing herself home. The writers will give further attention to Indigenous leadership or post-human-centred research methods in the near future, an invitation to an inseparable communicative bond of caretakers with rivers and local places since the dawn of time is open to all of humanity as it has always been. We suggest beginning by singing out greetings and waiting for responses. Keep returning. River has memory and remembers. And one day, the response will be recognisable. Okay, so the third piece that Anne has been involved in writing, again with some colleagues um, that I'd like to share with you, published in 2020, uh, is Feeling and Hearing Country, really picks up on the themes of the previous paper that we were just reading. And we go a little way into the beginning section of the paper uh, after they've introduced each other as authors. We know that Indigenous knowledges and frameworks are vital for the future survival of species and nations. Yanka Porter writes that it is not so much the content of Indigenous knowledges, but how they can bring change that is important now. And this is the direction that we take in this article. We also offer our work as response to the state of the world in the frame proposed by Matthews, who writes... The ecological crisis is demanding an integrative thought shift, no less profound in its existential consequences than the pre-Socratic shift toward reason and away from naive animism that occurred in the cradle of Iona two and a half thousand years ago. Now, a little further in the article... Previously, we have explained concepts such as the long now, which brings past, present and future together into a continuing present. This is an Indigenous concept which has the effect of bringing the archetypes, spirits and shadows of the past, including colonisation, into the continuing present. Thinking of time not as linear, but as always here, facilitates a recognition that stories, patterns and meanings exist in the landscape as they have always done. These abilities remain even if people do not acknowledge and engage with them. In the same way, colonial memories are always here. Importantly in this conversation, we need to recognise country as animate, as agency and as relational. As Bawaka country et al. explain, within relational ontologies, there is responsibility to pay close attention within more than human worlds and an obligation or necessity to respond as part of the world. these worlds. They say, and this is a quote, country means home and land, but it means more than that too. It means the seas and the waters, the rocks and the soils, the animals and winds and all beings, including people that come into existence there. It means the connections between these things and their dreams, their emotions, their languages and their realm, law. 
It means the ways we emerge together have always emerged together and will always emerge together. Coming back to the, the current authors, once we begin to understand the world in a relational way, previously accorded connections and linkages become apparent, sometimes in surprising ways, revealing meanings previously hiding in full view and human and more than human capacities not previously recognised or engaged. In her beautiful treatise on the ecological self, Matthews teaches that human meaningfulness arises from the spiritual capacity to maintain the ecocosm, ecocosm, with a vital contribution being the attitude itself. She describes an atomistic, pluralistic archetype and its monistic alternative within which, and this is a quote, our self-love is expanded by our awareness of our unity with nature to encompass the wider systems of nature. Then we experience the kind of joy in existence to which Spinoza was pointing. End of quote. All this is to say that country does not understand English because English is not yet conducive of meaningful engagement with place. It is still a narrow, linear, disengaged language, full of dualities and exclusions. The rationality of English has removed countries, carers, and lawmen and women. Because of its language of chainsaws, bulldozers, frack mines, dams, and extraction, country recoils in sadness. Below we offer a Ninkina and a Nunga response to the question of relationship with country. And all, with all due respect to Len Collard from the Noongar country, I'm focusing on Anne Polina's uh, response, her Ninkina response, and she recommends in the article that you might like to um, source the film Matawara, right, Matawara's Right to Life, um, and there are various other um, videos and speeches by Anne Polina that you might like to watch as well. Ninkina is one of the eight still spoken Kimberley Indigenous languages of the First Nations who relate to the Matawara Fitzroy River country as home. At present, the Matawara Fitzroy River is threatened with massive agricultural developments and extractive colonisation on a wider scale than the river's catchment. A perspective of the Matawara is offered below through the voice of a Ninkina Wawa person who through identity and heritage belongs to the river. It's entitled Singing Not Crying from the Matawara Fitzroy River of Life. I'm a Yungaruku, rainbow serpent singing, travelling high up in the sky and down through rivers, land and sea. I hear humans crying now, how woeful their cries continue to be. What is happening in our nation state, our nation home, our country? I see below me floods and fires crisscross this torched country. Then the floods, then the drought, then more heat. Indigenous leadership and water governance missing in action. Buried within systemic racism, structural violence. Hidden at all levels of governance and bureaucracy. Wake up, I say. You human beings, wake up and hear me belly crawl. Feeling country or giving voice to country through deep empathy is described as follows by one of the research team members. 
We need ecological jurisprudence and earth justice, giving country a legitimate voice. We need to recognise the deep significance of Indigenous knowledges, which are age-old. We need to value perspectives that are time-honoured. This is all about listening and feeling. And there's a subheading in the article a little further on that says, becoming family, coming home to country. So if country engages people and more than human beings through place-based language, memory, respect, wherein, lien, stories, reciprocity, ontopoetics, expansive love, care, inclusion, dance, metaphor, and art as foundation of its system, how does one accustomed to the mode of thinking referred to as industrial or economic readjust? The answer to this question is necessary for social change, for the Matawara, Fitzroy River and elsewhere, and is relevant for schools, universities and education institutes everywhere. San Roque writes about the significance of psychological intercultural recognition in the sense of understanding each other's ways of thinking, for thinking together as collaborative problem-solving, for facing monumental Indigenous cultural change. We also advocate thinking together as collaborative problem-solving for socio-cultural change towards a regenerative world with immediate application in water governance, land care and species recovery. Becoming family with place, a metaphor describing place-based conceptual inclusiveness, is an inside nature learning perspective, amplifying the love required for re-engaging country as home. Yanka Porter shows how Indigenous country has always communicated. It resonates in discernible patterns through the language we're in and Lian of its people and more than human beings. Rivers sing out compellingly and powerfully, but who are these humans who refuse to engage their basic capacities, their human hearts, because of their industrial economic thinking? We assert that all Australians need an ecological jurisprudence and earth justice, giving country a legitimate voice. We offer the notion of becoming family with plays as an ontopoetically integrated practice of engagement to facilitate place-based kinship and renewed participation. Country needs a discourse of love, care and relationship in the languages it understands one of which is a kinesthetic and empathic response. It needs humans who feel and hear country and respond. It needs dance, singing and loving attention to awaken its energies, animate its spirits and entities and activate its fertilities for regeneration. All around the world, there are climate catastrophes and ecological tragedies. As well, there are regenerative ways of engaging Indigenous knowledge and systems, and these are essential right now. Teachers and educators of all institutions and communities are called to this work. So I should say that there was large sections of both those articles that I was sharing with you that I have not um, spoken to, and 
one section in the last one is uh, very, very um, interesting for people who are non-Indigenous listening to this podcast, where Sandra Woolthorton goes into quite a lot of detail of how she attempts to build her empathic and other eyes, other senses uh, in nature. And I think it's very beautiful. It's very courageous uh, that she's sharing that. And you may find it uh, inspiring. I certainly did to read it. Um, I should say that the articles in particular may not be readily accessible for people um, because I think one you can actually get on the internet, uh, another you may have to get through a library. So if you're trying to source those articles and you're having difficulty doing that, please leave me a note and I'll see if I can help you. After a bit of housekeeping, um, I come come to the end of that sharing with with being moved yet again by speaking it. I, I mean, obviously, in preparing it, I've been reading it, and um, but to actually speak it and uh, is is quite profound and reminds me again of how crucial the ideas are, the ways of being and uh, and knowing uh, just have so much relevance for us now. Have always had relevance, if only we would hear. And this is part of my commitment to standing as an ally with First Nation people is to share on and speak with honour um, and respect to of the people who are actively giving leadership to us at this time. So I do thank Anne Polina, her colleagues who are writing with her and all the work that they're doing um, all across the nation, but particularly around uh, the Matawara, Fitzroy River catchment area. Please be interested. Please, please be aware of what's happening. And if you can speak, stand up and be counted around it. Um, and, yeah, a big shout-out um, to all First Nation people, especially anyone who might be listening who is a First Nation person. Thank you. Thanks for your time and interest. Bye now.